Time has really slipped by, but I'm going to tell you what. The time of the testimonies were tremendous, and they were all rich. And I enjoyed each and every one of them, and I know people were touched and blessed by the testimonies that were given. Hallelujah. Let's give God another hand clap for all the testimonies that came. Hallelujah. I'm going to do a little speaking this afternoon, uh, even though it's uh, already uh, 3.30. They're not having a service here at FAC tonight, so i got to lock up when we leave. So Um, Anyway... I think everybody will agree to, agree to the fact that we are living in some very troubling times. And we don't really know what the future is going to hold. But if you know who holds the future, hallelujah. If you know who holds the future, song we used to sing as a child growing up used to be one of them old song books. Uh, that uh, uh, goes along just like that. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if you know who holds tomorrow, you don't have to worry. Amen. Brother Bobby was talking about a while ago. Amen. Don't worry as much and uh, keep a little bit more of your hair. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I enjoyed I enjoyed his lesson this morning. That was really good. Praise the Lord. Enjoyed it thoroughly. I want to read from First Kings, a well known passage of scripture. Seventeenth chapter, first six verses. And we're going to focus on the third verse as a text. And Elijah the Tishbite, the inhabitant uh, of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, And he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. We're going to focus on the third verse of those uh, groups of scriptures, which says, God told uh, Elijah, get away from here and turn eastward and hide. Hide. That's the word that we were talking about today by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Mighty God and Father, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you, God, for being able to gather together today as a body. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and your spirit that we have felt. We thank you, God, for the songs, testimonies, and the teachings, everything that's happened thus far. God, I ask God your blessing upon everybody. Encourage, uplift. Give us a word that you would have us to have today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. I want to talk with you uh, briefly this afternoon about looking for a place to hide. Looking for a place 
to hide. Now that kind of seems out of context when we talk about uh, fighting the army of God and we quote scriptures like uh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force uh, and uh, not being willing to take down and we go on and we forge on and we and we do, as the book of Daniel says, we do many exploits uh, in the name of God. So hiding does not seem something that would kind of fit in all that. But even though we are Holy Ghost filled children of God, there are times that we we have simply have the need to get away and hide. Amen. And a lot of people burn out and they they get exhausted in battle because they don't know when they should advance and when they should uh, they should sit and wait and get their second wind. When we look at the example of the Word of God, its precepts teach us that there is a time and a place for everything under the sun. Now Solomon in his writing of Ecclesiastes told us that. And although it may at first seem out of context and out of character, like I've said, there are times when it's necessary to lay back and hide a while. Elijah had come to a place in his life and ministry where God told him to go to a place he had chosen and hide there. It was God this time. Now, there was another instance in his life that he got scared, and somebody was talking about that. Not not uh, not long ago around here, and uh, he he took off. But this time, it wasn't Elijah's idea; it was God's. It's important that you understand that. Uh, so Elijah had come to a place in his life and ministry where God told him to go to a place, and he ch- that he had chosen, God had chosen this place, and hide there. You see, God's purpose and plan was set in motion. And Elijah was to follow it to the T. Amen. If we're going to get into war with God, if we're going to be overcomers, if we're going to make it to the end, then we are going to have to follow God's plan and purpose to the T. And God gives us several things to help us do that. Number one, you've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the Spirit of God, which will lead you and guide you in the all truth. Amen. And then, you, then you've got the fivefold ministry that God has put in the church. He said to equip you. Without the equipping of the fivefold ministry, you're not going to get nowhere. You cannot make it. You've got to have the fivefold ministry in your life. That's God's idea, not man's. Knowing that the writings of the Old Testament were given for our examples, we must study to uncover the meaning of these things in this modern world and how to relate to them to our various lives and situations. The voice I hear speaking loud and clear is that we all need a place to hide, every one of us. There's a time in everybody's life that you need a place to hide. A place we can go to for solace, renewal, and instruction. 
We need a place to turn to in times of distress and trouble and a place that the enemy can't approach. Hallelujah. So we can unwind without fear of attack. Is there such a place? I wonder, is there such a place? If so, and there's two questions that I want to try by God's grace to, to bring out an answer today. The first question we're going to talk about um, is how do we approach it? Now, there never has been a day in your life that you're going to need this Word like you need it in the hour which we're living in. Because if you think you've seen a lot of things in the economy uh, and the financial war, world and the wars going on and the upheaval and, and the elements of the wind and the seas and all those things, if you think you've seen something, you ain't seen nothing yet, sweetheart. This world's just beginning to shake apart. We are at the end time. And like Bishop Samuel Smith preached so eloquently on a Friday night, this is the rapture generation. Now, it's sad that even a lot of Holy Ghost-filled Jesus-named people ain't got a hold of that yet, but you are living in the rapture generation. There will not be another generation. And I stand behind God's Word, amen, to declare this as it goes on tape. There will not be another generation past this one. Because the book has said it. Jesus says the generation that you see these things coming to pass, that generation shall not end till what? A double L all be fulfilled. So if we're going to survive. There's got to be a place to hide. How do we approach it? Hallelujah. Is there such a place? The first question. The second question, how do we approach it? These questions I want to attempt to answer in the message, looking for a place to hide. And I want to first talk about a place God has prepared. A place God has prepared. I heard somebody, I believe maybe it was Brother Darrell, uh, when he was teaching on one occasion just here recently. Uh, not, not for sure, but I, I, I believe it was. Um, but at, at any event, I, I heard this Scripture being talked about a little bit in Psalms 91. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. Man, this is some this is some powerful writing right here. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the hours that fly by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that uh, uh, that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. 
I believe that God sent me to tell you here today that God has a place prepared for you as His child to hide, amen, when the storms move in. He's not going to leave you out in the cold. He's not going to leave you out in the wind and the weather. Hallelujah. God has got a place, amen, prepared. He calls it a secret place. Hallelujah. There's a reason why he said it's a secret place. When you come to know the heart of God, then you will understand that he only has good desire for you. God's not this big, mean, overbearing fellow sitting on a big high throne somewhere just rubbing his hands waiting for you to stumble and fall so he can have a, a, a right, amen, uh, to, uh, to pick you up and smack you around a little bit and tell you you ought to know better. My God is not a God like that. He's a God of love and compassion and grace and mercy and long-suffering. And he has prepared you a place to hide when you need that refuge. God's total plan and purpose, and listen to this close, God's total plan and purpose is for your spiritual and eternal welfare. Don't become so preoccupied. Now, here's where, this is where a lot of people get off the bandwagon right here. A lot of people, they jump ship right here. They'll agree that God's total plan and purpose is for our spiritual and eternal welfare. But sometimes we come, become so preoccupied with the survival of the physical. Jesus says, if a man would save his life, he would end up losing it. That's the words of the Master, written in red if you look it up in Matthew your spiritual and eternal welfare is what is chief important to God. Hallelujah. It's your spiritual and, and your eternal welfare that God is putting everything He's got to see that you're victorious. We, as fleshly beings, become preoccupied with the natural. And we spend sometimes, sometimes we spend more time and effort and fasting to see somebody get healed physically than what we do to see them be saved spiritually. When somebody comes and gives you a prayer request that somebody is sick and they got a, 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 a big disease or something going on in their life, amen, maybe they're in the ICU and everything, amen, and maybe they're a close friend or a close relative, amen, of course there's going to be concern. Amen, we're going to be concerned about that and we need to pray that. But if you know that individual has never given a life to God, they've never repented, never been baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the Holy Ghost, your greatest Prayer should be for their salvation, not for the healing of their body. If they get saved, they're going to get a glorified body. Hallelujah. But we become too preoccupied with the natural for God to do what He can do for us in the spiritual realm. So in keeping with that agenda, 
God has always had a place for His children to hide. And the place is not so much a physical address, but a spiritual sanctuary prepared only for His redeemed. Hallelujah. Amen. A spiritual sanctuary. Don't look for a physical address. If you're if you are if you are going through a battle, you're going through a storm. Just running into a church house, it's not going to be a place for you for, alone for you to hide. Amen. Don't look for your relief in a natural sense. Amen. Hallelujah. As long as you reside, <laughs> glory. As long as you reside in that secret place, your enemies can't touch or devour you. That's why he called it a secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You see what I'm telling you? No matter where you're at, you can be present in the secret place of the Most High. You can be driving in your automobile down the road, but you can be presiding in His secret place. Hallelujah. You can be at your home, sitting on your couch, but you can be in His secret place. You can be on your job, hallelujah, or a myriad other places and be in His secret place. As long as you reside in that secret place, your enemies can't touch you or devour you. But it's not a location. It's a state of being in your mind to where you come to know beyond a shadow of a doubt Satan can't take you down. Hallelujah. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. That's glorious. You have found the path to walk where no enemy knows. You found that place. Now, Job, of all people, you would think would not be the man to make the statement that I'm fixing to put up on the screen have and read to you. Job 28 and 7. There is a path which no file knoweth, and with the vulture's eye have not seen. Hallelujah. Look at that. Just, just leave it up there. There is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eye hath not seen. Now this is coming from a man who's had everything naturally ripped away from him. He didn't have nothing. He didn't have anything. He had a whole lot less than what you and I have when we make the comment, I don't have nothing. Hallelujah. But after all, he all he's that all he is uh, uh, lost, and of everything that he went through, Job says there is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vultures eye have not seen. He is talking about that secret place in God that no matter what comes or what maze, something could come and take everything you've got a naturally way, but they can't affect who you really are in God and can't touch who you really are in God because you're hiding in that secret place. Hallelujah. 
I know and understand that this is so depth that a lot of people, it takes a while to, to pick up on what's being said. You see, when you need a place to hide, when the vulture seems to be hot on your trail, run to Jesus. Take refuge under the wing of the Almighty. Renew your strength. Gather your thoughts to whereas you can return and attack the enemy and claim victory for your soul. Here's the point of the Scripture. Job's physical world was torn apart, but yet in his spirit, in him, hallelujah, in his mind, he found a secret place for his sanity survived. His attitude toward God stayed true. Did I wonder, does anybody in here today hear what I'm trying to say to you? Even though he had lost everything, yet he was able to find the path that the same vulture that had been devouring everything else in his life, he got on a path that that vulture could only go so far. Hallelujah. Amen. He found that path that even though his physical world was torn apart, yet his spirit, he and in his mind, he had a secret place where his sanity survived. Oh, hallelujah. I'm feeling this power of God now. Oh, God, how many times... Amen. Without you hiding me while my world was falling apart, that I would have literally lost my mind. There's some people in the sound of my voice right now that if it hadn't been for that secret place that you were hidden, God, you would have went plumb crazy. You would have lost your sanity. Woo, woo, hallelujah, glory to God. I'm here to tell you the devil can only do so much to the child of God. My Lord, hallelujah, I know full, full and well there have been times in my life that if I hadn't been able to find that secret place to where I could hide from the vulture that had been coming against me, I would have possibly lost my mind over things that I was going through. But thank God for a place to hide. Thank God for a place that we can go to that even the vultures cannot find. So now that I've answered the first question, there is a place that you can hide. There is a place you can go to. But briefly, and I'm going to make it real brief, I want to talk just about how can you approach that place. It wouldn't do me no good today to tell you there's a place you can go to hide if I do not tell you how to approach that place. And it's very simple. We've got to follow God's voice. We've got to follow God's voice. We'll go back to the Scripture of 1 Kings 17, 2 and 3. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and he and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself. Hide yourself. Folks, if you're looking or needing a hiding place, the only way that you can approach it is by God's voice and his direction. 
It's not going to come no other way. If you're looking for a hiding place, if you're needing a hiding place, you've got to follow the voice of God. Listen to me. Do you think the, that brook by the name of Cherith was the only brook in all the land of Israel? No. If you go open your Bible and you go to a concordance and you begin to look, you'll find that there were many brooks and creeks and places for Elijah to have went to. There were hundreds of brooks and streams throughout Israel in Elijah's day, but there was only one where he could hide. Follow me now, because this right here is the peak of the message. There was only one place where he could hide. If he had went to any other place, Elijah would have had no protection. He would have died like many others did during that time of famine which covered the land. It didn't make no difference if he was a prophet of God. It didn't make no difference how many miracles he performed in the past. If he did not follow the voice of God's leading, leading and go to the very brook. That's, see, that's the problem with people today. Apostolic people have that problem. Hallelujah. We all run around here like Naaman somewhere. When God says, I want you to go down in Jordan, dips there. Naaman says, man, we've got 10,000 rivers back home better than that muddy Jordan River. Why did I want to go there? And people are still balking at God the same way today. Why do you want me to do it that way? Why we got to do it that way, Pastor? Because God says it that way. Hallelujah. Amen. And if we're going to get victory, if we're going to have healing, if there's going to be revival, it's going to be His way or not no way at all. Hallelujah. It's going to be His way. There were many brooks, but there was only one hiding place. The key was in following God's voice. Well... It seems like we live in a time that is different from our spiritual uh, forefathers in that more and more believers in Christ have a difficult time in hearing the voice of God. A lot of folks have a difficult time in hearing His voice. Even those who claim the Holy Ghost in and ask questions like, why don't God speak to me anymore? Uh, well, there are, God, there are times that God tries us just uh, like a natural father. Let's say, let's say it like this. Sometimes God tries us the same way a natural father does. Brother Sean, when that natural father is trying to teach a child to ride a bicycle, you finally talk that child to taking off those training wheels. They done been on long enough. Taking it off. Now, you got that child on that bike and you're pushing that, pushing that bike along. And daddy's saying, Don't worry, I got you. Child's saying, Oh, daddy, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go. Don't let go. Dad says, Okay, I got you. Don't worry, I got you. But you know what? Somewhere along the line, in the midst of junior or sister, who it may be, hauling out, don't let go. Dad backs off and lets you have it by yourself. You hear what I'm saying? There's a testing period. But even even when that child may be scared to death, thinks that nobody, the daddy's going to let them far behind, dad's still right there. 
even though when you don't know he is or can't realize he is. And there are some times maybe we, uh, uh, that God deals with us in some way just to test us and to, and to try us. Uh, and he first holds on to steady you to give you confidence. Uh, then all of a sudden, even though you're crying, don't let go, he lets go and there you go. The child at this point, amen, tells um, that if he or she is alone, uh, amen, but daddy's always close by and God at many times becomes silent so we can learn. But he is also close by. He's also close by. But also, having said that, and as I'm winding down, there are also times when God is not being silent. He's not putting you through some kind of test. He is speaking to you, but His voice is crowded out by all the other noise you've got going on in your life. Hello, somebody. Amen. I read a post not long ago online which, which said, uh, turn down the other noise in your life if you can't hear God. kind of reminds me of driving a school bus. <laughs> if you never experienced it, you need to experience it. But they, they have a top of the line. It's not no thirty nine ninety five. CB that you can go to Walmart and buy, but they have a top-of-the-line, Metro-issued uh, two-way radios, the same radios that Metro Police Department has in their vehicles. Uh, all i got to do is flip a channel, and I can go directly to their channel if need be. But whether I do or not, they, they monitor us. Now, when I get on that bus and I crank it up, and it's just me on that bus, Brother Douglas, and I hear that dispatcher on that radio talking. It'll blow me away. I have to cut that volume back. I have to cut it back quite a bit. Brother Travis, as I'm going down the road making my stops, and more and more kids get on that bus, I find myself having to cut the volume up because the more children gets on the bus, the more noise is on the bus. And so help me, I get to the point in place, especially in the afternoon. It's not bad, as bad in the morning because they're still half asleep in the morning. But in the afternoon, Sean, I've got that thing turned up full blast. And sometimes when I finish my run, then uh, uh, the dispatcher has uh, uh, got a text message on my cell phone uh, to, for asking me, how come I never did uh, uh, answer them this afternoon? I said, I didn't know you called. Why was it? Because I had 60-something screaming kids climbing over the seats, going under the seats, hanging out the window, doing everything imaginable back there. And even though I kept turning that radio up and up and up, and it was sitting right there, mounted right there beside me, I couldn't hear it because of all the other noise. And there are a lot of times, folks, that we in the church, we got so much other noise going on in our life from other sources we can't hear when God's trying to call us. The dispatcher, which is the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, trying to tell you, hey, hey, here's a place to hide right here. You're going through a storm. You're going through a situation. You, I've got you a hiding place right over here. It's a secret place, like Psalm said. Hallelujah. But you cannot hear the voice. Of, it's the 
you. It's not because he's putting you through a test or giving you a, like going down the road on a bicycle. He's trying to say, come out, come on over and over. But you can't hear him because you've got too much other noise going on in your life. So the only alternative, folks, if we want to hear the voice of God and be directed by Him, then we're going to have to start eliminating some of the other noise in our life. Hallelujah. Psalms 27 and 5, the last scripture I'm going to read. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His provision. In the secret place of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. It's important for our spiritual survival and well-being that we hear the voice of God when He speaks so we can follow His direction and lead us to the place He has prepared for us to hide during the storms of life. Hallelujah. I hope and pray that God has strengthened someone through His Word today. Let's stand together.